0: Hello, my name is Dr. Philip Williams. I'm a pediatrician at Mariposa Community Health Center. And to my right is my esteemed colleague, Dr. Tanya Henry. She's the head of our pediatrics department at Mariposa. Hi. So since since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Eladio Pededa, our CMO, and I have been doing regular sessions uh, with We Love Nogales, really just to talk about a variety of topics. Um, we wanna make sure that our community is well-informed, with uh, what's going on, for instance, with COVID, monkeypox, there's just a variety of health issues. So today's session, we've chosen to talk about pediatric vaccines, specifically vaccines for kids six months to uh, four years of age. Um, We'll talk about a little bit more a little bit later, but we have a vaccination event coming up. and And in addition to that event, we are vaccinating at Mariposa clinic most days. We do allow walk-ins and also the county is also vaccinating uh, at least four days out of the week so to start our conversation i'll turn it over to to dr henry
1: okay hi good afternoon everyone it's great to join you here on we love Nogales. um today in speaking with dr williams we really just wanted to go over a few kind of frequently asked questions regarding the covid 19 vaccination for kiddos between the ages of six months and four years old Um, This is a vaccine that recently became approved for kiddos in this age group and we know a lot of our families and a lot of parents have questions about the vaccine so we really wanted to use the next 20 minutes to talk a little bit more about the vaccine hopefully to answer some of your more common questions and to make sure we get as many people as possible feeling comfortable about vaccinating their child for COVID. Alright so let's jump into it so first of all you know Dr. Williams I have a lot of parents and a lot of friends and family that say, all right, well, my kid is healthy, they're young. Um, What are the odds that they're really gonna get sick with COVID? Why is this vaccine important for them?
0: Great question. And maybe I should kind of take a step back and just talk just really quick about the history of vaccines and kind of what led us to where we are now. So first, you know, vaccines are not new. Vaccines, they go all the way back to the 1500s, interesting enough, so the Chinese actually started, um, they would actually scrape pustules of patients with smallpox and essentially inoculate their population. And um, so Edward Jenner, I'm sure you know, you know, we learned in medical school, he was an English physician. Um, he was the first one to really document um, uh, the, the, the effect of vaccines. But essentially, he noticed that in England, that um, milkmaids, so primarily women that work with cows, they had a very low rate of smallpox, so he tried to figure out why. And he, it turns out that he found out that um, these these milkmaids are actually infected with with what's called cowpox. So very sli- similar to call, to smallpox, not of uh, a severe a, a, a disease of smallpox. And essentially, after they had um, infection with with cowpox, then their rate of uh, smallpox was 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 significantly lower. Um, so you know they're not new. Um, if you ever have a chance, if you go to the library, read about the Battle of New York. Have you ever heard this story? Dr. I have reading? not heard this story. So it's pretty interesting. So, you know, George Washington, actually, um, one reason why he they won the Revolutionary War is that um, he essentially did that. He inoculated his soldiers with smallpox. He scraped off the pustules. <laughs> inoculated his soldiers. They actually won the Battle of New York where, where the British soldiers, most of them died. So it's a pretty cool story. <laughs> they have a couple of good books about it if you have a chance to read about the, the Battle of so New York. So vaccination
1: is part of our independence. God, it is. God bless totally, America. Exactly, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So now going back to your original question. So why should I vaccinate my, my kid for, for, for COVID-19? So, you know, in terms of you know, advances in medicine, vaccines are right up there in terms of the most important advances. Um, Really vaccines and clean water are the two most, you know, two most important advances in medicine. So the main reason why you should should vaccinate your kids is that vaccines work and COVID infection is still rampant in the U.S. So if you just look at kids under the age of two years old, there's been two million, excuse me, under the age of five, there's been two million kids under the age of five that have been infected with COVID-19 and over 20,000 kids hospitalized, wow. just kids under age five. Wow. So it's a huge problem. And um, even though the rates of COVID-19 have decreased, um, you know, it's still, it still is present. So we know the vaccine works. We know that, that, that the COVID vaccine works. We also know that it is very, very safe. Um, So when you look at the safety profile, when they initially studied the vaccine and specifically the age group under five, they really looked at thousands of kids and there were no severe adverse effects in that study group.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is great to know and wonderful to talk about. I think a lot of us worried, you know, about how fast the vaccines came out and a lot of people didn't really understand how could the vaccines be safe when they came out so quickly. Um, And so do you want to speak to that?
0: No, of course. It's a great question. So there's several reasons why specifically the COVID vaccine um, did come out fast. One is that, you know, the, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine are both what we call mRNA vaccines. And that vaccine technology has really been in development for the last, what, over, over 15 years. Thirty years. years. 30 years. 30 years, I think. Long time, long time. Mm So, you know, we've we've essentially had 30 years to figure out how to make a similar vaccine. And now, you know, we're given the opportunity with this new novel virus to to develop a vaccine using this technology that we've had for a long period of time. You know, when you look at the actual time that was spent studying the vaccine compared to other vaccines, it's very similar. Meaning that the research studies that were done is all the same time frame as with as with with, with other vaccines. So the vaccine was not rushed. Um, you know, another reason why it came out so quick is that you had this global collaboration. I mean, you yeah. had, you know, literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of people initially that were becoming infected. You know, um, over a million just in the U. S. have died. Yeah. So there was this huge impetus and this huge push to spend a lot of resources you know, I don't know, probably worldwide billions of dollars have been spent yeah. and there's been tons of collaboration all throughout the world in terms of the different, different laboratories. So there's a combination of effects of why that the vaccine, you know, was brought out. But, you know, one good thing is that, you know, there's been over, I think, six billion doses of COVID vaccines
1: yeah. given yeah.
0: worldwide. So, I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's probably one of the most well-studied things, you know, there haven't been six billion Heart transplants, right? There mm-hmm. probably to have not been six billion, you know, people that have reserve, received certain types of chemo. Right. So it's been very well studied.
1: I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, so we've talked about safety of the vaccine, we've talked about um, importance of the vaccine. Now let's talk about some of the concerns that I've heard about different side effects of the vaccine. I know a lot of parents are kind of worried about, you know, how will this vaccine affect my child? Um, one of the things I've heard about, well, is um, just what are the common side effects that you would you would think of?
0: Great question. So the side effects of the COVID vaccine are very similar to other vaccines, meaning that you may have a little irritation or swelling or redness at the site of vaccination. You may have low-grade low fevers. You may have a little bit of fatigue. You may have a little bit of what we call myalgias or muscle aches, but those are very transient and very temporary. And they usually can last a few days, again, not only just with the COVID vaccine, but with, 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 with most. The reason why is that your body is building an immune response to the vaccine. Your body's building these antibodies. Antibodies are cells that help fight infection. And as it does that, you can have a, you can have a, a local reaction. But you know there are no preservatives in the COVID nineteen vaccine. So there's no mercury. There there's um, there are no tissues. So there are no you know aborted fetal tissues in, in the in the vaccine. Um, there are no food, pro, food proteins. So there is no eggs. There are no metals so there is no iron there's no no latex so yeah, common great. questions that we get but again very very safe with very few side effects
1: am i at higher risk of having side effects from the covid vaccine than the other childhood vaccines
0: so we think it's, it's actually very 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 similar i mean again with every vaccine you can have, you can have a a local, you know, a local, local symptom. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so not necessarily, we essentially, the, the, the the side effects are very, very similar.
1: That's great. And then what about the risk of being allergic to the vaccine, having an allergic reaction?
0: So the risk of what we call anaphylaxis, which is severe allergic reaction is very, very rare. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, meaning that, you know, you, need to give an, a, a medicine called epinephrine, which is an injectable medication. The rates of that has been, has been very, very rare. It's not zero, but again, it's, it's extremely rare.
1: If I get my vaccine at Mariposa or at the health center, what kind of steps will they take to help make sure that I'm, I'm safe?
0: So one thing that we do is that we do a lot of monitoring. So we will monitor you for at least 15 minutes if you have no other history of prior allergies to, to anything, or up to 30 minutes for people that do have a history of allergies. And, you know, typically if you're going to have a reaction to, to the COVID vaccine or any vaccine, you're going to have it within the first 10 to 15 minutes. So, you know, that's why we're there. Obviously we have multiple physicians, nursing staff available if someone does have a reaction, but again, it is extremely rare.
1: That's great. And then quick question, does the U.S. have any monitoring systems just to make sure that, all of us who are getting vaccines are not having side effects. How are they monitoring that?
0: Another great question, so they do. They actually really ramped up their vaccine tracking system with the COVID vaccine. So for I don't know for decades, they've had a system called VARIS, which is a vaccine reporting agency that's really used by healthcare providers. So meaning that if we see someone who has a reaction, there's a website that we go to, we can report it. But with the COVID vaccine, they actually expanded that to, to really everyone so um you know if you get a vaccine uh you're given a little little qr code scan it to your phone it takes you right to that website you register and if you're like me i was getting texts and you know <laughs> yeah. reminders i don't know every week and then every month and i still get reminders just asking hey how are you doing mm-hmm.
1: yes No. You know i think it's i think it's great you know when we talk about these questions it just reminds me how far we've come with the vaccines I mean, the amount of monitoring that's taken place with the COVID vaccine, the amount of monitoring for side effects, the amount of continuous feedback that the government is getting and companies are getting through the VSAFE program. So the Vaccine Adverse, report, adverse Event Reporting System is just uh, tremendous compared to all the other vaccines. I think it's, it's probably one of the safest <laughs> and most studied vaccines globally, like in, in history. It's The effort has been tremendous. So I have a lot of people that asked me in the beginning of the pandemic, um, this vaccine, the messenger RNA vaccine, can that change my DNA?
0: Great question, so the answer is no. So um, it's important to say that the nucleus of the cell is what essentially holds all of your genetic material. So it holds your DNA, holds your, your mRNA. And um, what the mRNA vaccines do is that they basically instruct your, your body to start producing antibodies specific to that spike protein of the, the, COVID, the COVID virus, the, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So it does not enter to the nucleus of the cell, therefore it does not change your genetic, uh, genetic information or material.
1: Okay, great, great. Then what about the messenger RNA that my body, uh, that, and the proteins that my body produces afterwards? So for instance, they're injecting me with messenger RNA. I've heard that that can last a long time in your body.
0: Right. So the whole point is that it, all it does is just basically instruct your, your, your cells of, 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 of... They give instructions of, of how to produce antibodies against that specific protein. And we actually want for that to happen, right? That, that's what we want. Ideally, you know, it would instruct your body to continue to produce uh, these antibodies for long periods of time. We have noticed, though, specifically with the COVID vaccine, that your antibody levels can start to decrease, mm-hmm. which is why you need boosters, which is why you need multiple and just here so where, aware, you know, boosters or multiple uh, injections is very common. For instance, you know, the, the what we call the, the DTaP vaccine. So the theory of tetanus, pertussis, I think there's five, you know, before yes. the age of four. <laughs> you know, others, you know, the pneumonia, I believe there, there, there's four. So there's it's very common that you have uh, multiple, multiple vaccines in a series. As you know, flu vaccine is every year. Why? Because, well, the flu virus is a little bit different and actually it actually uh, does shift every year. Um, But, um, you know, we've seen with specifically the COVID vaccine is that there has been pretty rapid shifts in the virus. You've heard about the new variants, right? You've heard about the Omicron, the BA4, the BA5. You may have heard about the new bivalent vaccine, yes. which is you know mainly in, in, in adults or, or actually older older people, but specifically that is has a two strands to it. It has a part of the vaccine to cover the old strand of the virus, and then also specifically um, a part of the vaccine to cover some of these the newer variants.
1: Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. And the, the the question I was wondering before, so the messenger RNA that gets injected into via the vaccine. Um, so in case for all of those listening, so. The questions I'm asking Dr. Williams, I'm really just kind of playing devil's advocate. (laughs) I don't really believe vaccines are dangerous. I'm all for vaccines, but the reason I'm asking these questions is because they are common and I just want all of your concerns to be addressed. (laughs) The messenger RNA that you get injected with only sticks around in your body for a few days and then your body chews it all up and gets rid of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Anyway, you know, it's also important to say that, you know, there's, there's multiple types of vaccines. You mentioned mRNA. Exactly. There's actually, now there, there's four approved vaccines in the U.S. So there's, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, which you already talked about. There's Those Johnson, are the
1: mRNA. Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: There's Johnson & Johnson, which is a viral vector va- vaccine. Okay, what's um, that? So essentially that it is. It's all about, you know, how do you get this genetic material, you know, into your body. It actually uses a safe or activated virus. Um, that we we give it doesn't cause infection, but all it does is just a method to to make your body again produce produce antibodies. Um, so, and that's also been used in, in, in other another other another vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the hepatitis B is one that, that's a viral vector vaccine. The flu vaccine, mm-hmm. some versions of the flu have been viral vector. And then now we have the Novavax vaccine, which is actually a protein subunit uh, vaccine. Um, actually, I sp- spoke. The hepatitis B is a is a protein subunit vaccine. I think the hepatitis um, A might be
1: the viral. Correct,
0: correct. <laughs> hepatitis A, Ebola, actually mm-hmm. is also in flu, mm-hmm. but um, essentially the you know what Novav- Novavax does, it just makes your body again, um, you inject a little piece of the protein, that protein then triggers an immune response.
1: Got it. Which vaccines are being uh, offered for children between the ages of six months and and, and five, four years? Yeah,
0: great question. It can get a little confusing, so you know, I want to kind of walk through kind of what, what that looks like. So for kids from six months to four years, there are two options. It's either Pfizer or Moderna. In terms of effectiveness, they're both very, very effective. We don't recommend one versus the other. Um, The main difference is the number of injections. So the Pfizer vaccine is a series of three injections and the Moderna is a series of two injections. So for Pfizer, you'll get the first dose, you'll then get the second dose roughly four weeks later, and then you get the third dose eight weeks later. As opposed to the Moderna, where you get the initial and then the initial dose, and then you'll get the second dose roughly four weeks after. So three okay. versus two, but they're, they're very similar.
1: So question, for people whose children have had COVID uh, virus, have had the infection, um, is it necessary for them to get vaccinated?
0: Yes. The reason is, is that your antibody levels, especially after what we call native infection or after that, after you've been infected with COVID, um, your antibody antibody levels decrease. Mm. So then a lot of studies, they've looked at to see what generates the most robust immune response. That is through Getting, getting, getting vaccinated. Getting
1: vaccinated. Yeah. Okay, great. So, it's still important to get vaccinated even though you've had COVID. And what is safer, do you think, getting a COVID vaccination or getting COVID itself?
0: Another great question. So by far, getting vaccinated is is far safer. (laughs) (laughs) So as I mentioned, 20,000 kids hospitalized, that is not a small number, right? There's a lot of kids that have have been hospitalized from COVID infection, Mm -hmm. you know, from infection. You know, I was reading one study that said up to 60% of people, this is adults and kids, but 60% of people still had residual effects six six months later. So a lot lot of people, you know, a lot lot of people still have effects from COVID, um, you know, you may have heard about the neurologic effects, such as the COVID fog, you know, it can cause, um, it can cause cognitive infection, cognitive cause really, you know, a lot of different effects. Mm-hmm. And also I'm sure, you know, you're aware of is the, the MISC, so the multi-inflammatory uh, system um, syndrome in, in children, where essentially COVID infection can cause havoc to a lot of different organs in kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I was reading that 30% of the kids hospitalized from COVID were just healthy kids, didn't have any underlying risk factors. So yeah, vaccination is is important and it's a lot safer than actually getting COVID. So speaking about safety, um, I've been hearing a lot about myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, muscle uh, after the vaccination. Should I be worried about that?
0: Great, very good question. So there have been a very, it's, it's extremely rare, but there has been a small number of kids that have had uh, the COVID vaccine that have reported cases of myocarditis. I have to preface, it is extremely rare. So for instance, from 2020 to around April of 2022, there was roughly 18 million mm-hmm. doses of vaccine given. And guess how many cases of myocarditis there were? There were 20. So 18 million, <laughs> almost 19 million doses, only 20 cases. So it's extremely rare. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the rates of myocarditis in kids that have been infected with COVID, it's significantly higher. Yeah. Um, studies. Yeah. Are, uh, some studies said three times higher. I've read six times higher. One study even said 10 times higher. Yeah. So your rate of getting my- myocarditis after having COVID infection is significantly higher.
1: Yeah, definitely. In some studies that I looked at, and I don't know if this is more when Delta was kind of the predominant strain, and this was probably looking at all kids, like I think less than 18 or something like that, or maybe everybody that was getting the COVID vaccine and that and that had had or that had COVID. And the rates when I looked at it, were literally like almost like 18 times higher for you to get COVID, for you to get myocarditis from having COVID versus from the vaccines, like 18 to 20 times higher. So. I agree with Dr. Williams. The vaccine is a lot safer than getting COVID. Please don't take your chances at getting COVID. Please, please, please vaccinate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one more question that I have. I know a lot of people worry about vaccines causing problems with fertility. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of us were worried about our, our daughters, especially um, concerns. Is that valid? No.
0: It, well, yeah. I mean, they've also done research and you know, there are no, no clear studies that show that it, it causes any issues with, with fertility. So essentially it, okay. it, it does not
1: great great perfect perfect let's see do we have any questions on the on the chat marco by any chance
0: and while you're checking you know just as oh, a wait, reminder oh, yeah. that yeah. um you know the doses in kids is, is different you know meaning that um you know there's there's a 30 microgram dose there's a 10 microgram dose, there's a three microgram dose so they are different yes. based on age mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so just as an fyi so you know for your kids that are six months to four years they are getting a decreased dose Um, than than older kids. And that's part of why it took so long to come out is that they were testing different doses in in kids. So they test, you know, again, just a variety of doses to see what generates the most robust immune response.
1: Awesome. And are the ingredients in the vaccine for kids the same as the ingredients for the adults?
0: It is, is. it's very similar. Okay, Mm -hmm.
1: that's great. One other question, how much does it cost?
0: Great question. So essentially there is no out-of-pocket cost for patients currently in the U.S. Um, Even, you know, regardless of your immigration status, as long as you're here in the U.S. there is no out-of-pocket cost. Um, you know, if you have insurance, then Mm -hmm. there may be a bill to the insurance company, but in terms of -of out-of-pocket cost to the physician there, or excuse me, to the patient there, there is none.
1: Okay. It's free. It's safe. It's effective. Win, win, win. Mm -hmm. No.
0: So, you know, um, I just want to mention that we answer questions in the uh, comments section. So if anyone does have any questions for myself or Dr. Henry, please put them in the comments. Um, Our team, Marco and uh, and the team, they, they they monitor those pretty regularly. So we're happy to answer any questions. And also, you know, a lot of this is a discussion, you know even there's only so much information we can give in 20, 30 minutes, but <laughs> we really encourage you to please contact your physician, your pediatrician. That's what we're here for. Yeah. You know, I'm a parent. I know how it mm-hmm. is. I know it's very scary. I know you may have a lot of questions. Please come in and ask us.
1: I do have one last question, actually. Um, and this is a question sometimes I wondered myself, but sometimes after you, I think we've all known a lot of people that have been vaccinated for COVID and have wound up with COVID infections. Um, and so what is the really big push to say, um, like what is the real purpose behind the COVID vaccine? If I'm still, if, if I still you know, might get infected, what are we trying to prevent here? With Great question.
0: Vaccine? So the main point of the vaccine is that it does, it does it stop really well to prevent severe illness, and to, present, and to prevent hospitalizations, that's really what we want vaccines to do. We want vaccines yeah. to prevent death. We want vaccines to prevent you from getting very sick. So in terms of that, they it does that extremely well. Um, you know, ter- so essentially, you know, you may have gotten vaccinated. Just as a personal story, you know, I've received all my vaccine and boosters. <laughs> and around two months ago, I did get get COVID, but you know, my symptoms, you know, were were very mild. Yeah, I had a low grade fever. You know, yeah, I didn't feel you know great for a couple of days, but. Imagine if I was unvaccinated and imagine how much more worse I would have felt, you know, if I did not already have that initial protection. Why? Because, yeah, I got infection, but my body immediately recognized it. It immediately started to produce antibodies, immediately to start, help to start fight, fight infection, as opposed to if you don't already have that, then that's where the virus re- wreaks havoc all throughout your body.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We're trying to prevent death. We're trying to prevent hospitalizations. We're trying to help your babies and kiddos be the healthiest that they can be. And we know that you're trying the same as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, so we are going to be having, Oh, we are going to be having a vaccination event for kiddos between the ages of six months and four years. It's going to be September the 19th. Um, you can register here. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be free. Um, the event I think it's going to be from 9 to 12 in the morning and, and 1 to 4 in the afternoon and it's going to take place at A.J. Mitchell and yeah, all are welcome between the ages of 6 months and 4 years of age. If you feel you can't wait until September 19th, you need your vaccine now, then ooh, sorry, messing with my microphone, then you can call the clinic and register to have your child vaccinated. Also, if you're having a well-child check, you can ask your physician um, or your pediatrician during the visit, hey, I want my child to be vaccinated for COVID. And we can a lot of times do it that same day as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So you know, I just want to thank you, Dr. Henry, for the wonderful questions. Um, just like Dr. Henry said, you know, we are here to help. We really encourage um, you to vaccinate all, all of your kids, again, Feel free to reach out to us. We know that this is very scary. That is what we are here for. So thank you so much, Dr. Henry. And by the way, how many years have you been here in our community, Dr. Henry? Um, about 11 years. 11 years. That is amazing. So but you've been one year less than you. That is true. That is true. You've been a pillar of our community for so long. So we appreciate all that you do for all our community. What a pleasure. Patients.
1: What a pleasure, Dr. Williams. Thank you, Dr. Henry.
0: And no, we're not related. You know, so many people ask me if we're related. We're not. We could be though, right? We could never be. know. We could be. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Keep it open. Keep it open. Great. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, any questions or concerns, please contact us.
1: comunidad al mundo.